everybody. Welcome back to The Wealth of Health, a podcast focused on appreciating our bodies for what they do well. Now, today I am super excited to welcome a special guest. I won't get too much into it because she's going to introduce herself, um, but she is a registered dietitian and food freedom coach. She is the food freedom life on Instagram if you want to go check her out before you give it a listen. But um, keep those headphones in, and without further ado, yeah. so my name is Brittany Allison. Um, as Taylor mentioned, I'm a registered dietitian over at the Food Freedom Life. So for the last two years or so, I've been working with women and men who have been through years of chronic dieting, restricting, weight cycling, and often have a very complicated relationship with food in their bodies. So when we start working together, they often feel really frustrated and stuck in their patterns of restricting, overeating, binging, and feeling really guilty and dissatisfied with their bodies. So what I do is I work with them to unpack their history with food in their bodies, help them understand their patterns, decrease confusion around food, neutralize body image, and teach them the strategies that they need to find what I like to call food freedom and help them sustain it for the rest of their lives. That is awesome. What what got you into that initially? Because I know that space is blowing up right now, um, but I... If I'm correct, I don't think it was 10 years ago or five years ago even. It's a very new movement. And so what inspired you to get into that space? And then how did you initially break out? Yeah, that's such a good question. And do you want the short answer or do you want the long answer? Give me the long answer. I'm down. (laughs) Okay, amazing. So for the long answer, I will... I'll never forget the moment that I started working towards food freedom. It was after a three month breakup with my boyfriend who I'm currently dating now, his name's Adrian. And we were sitting on the couch in my tiny downtown Toronto apartment. And he just wanted to know what was going on with me at the time. During the last three months of summer 2016, when we were broken up, I was acting completely out of character. I was really irritable. I was depressed. I was just on edge all of the time and I was not myself at all and that not necessarily something that was new but it was something that I had hidden really well for a quite a long period of time and it was at that moment that after six months of hiding and we had been dating for three of those years I finally mustered up the courage to tell him that I had an eating disorder and I can't remember the exact moment that my body became an issue throughout my life, but I know that it started when I was really young. My body image issues were a combination of a lot of factors that mounted over the years from my parents calling my sister skinny mini all the time, but not saying anything about me and my body, Um, going to the doctors and being told that I was overweight according to my BMI, not fitting in with the popular kids at school, and I would blame my body for it. I wasn't allowed certain foods at home. My mom always said that they were junk foods and we weren't allowed to have them, that you can't read the ingredients list, whatever, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, You know, seeing one body type in the media, reading teen magazines about how to get toned for summer vacation, all of that fun stuff. Um, You know, my body became the thing to blame for the reason that I wasn't invited to parties in high school, that I wasn't popular kid in high school and I just wanted to fit in my body became the scapegoat but it was never really until 
um, first year university back in 2011 when all of that sort of came to came together to create the perfect storm and during first year it was when I gained weight as many people do when they go off to university the freshman 15 yeah Yeah. my gosh you have this freedom you are on your own for the first time you're you have unlimited access to all this food it's amazing it's so much fun you're drinking you're partying you're just living your life you're living your best life often and so you usually gain weight also you're still going through puberty at that point in time your body is still changing and even though that's a very normal thing to happen the fact that I already had a thing with my body image just like I said it created the perfect storm Mm -hmm. and the perfect storm came out as my passion for healthy living yeah So I started going to the gym. I loved it. Working out was like a high. I loved learning about nutrition. And I felt super empowered and excited and motivated with the way that my body was changing. And I was constantly complimented for weight loss by my friends, my family, and guys. I was single at the time, and this just totally put fuel into the fire of what I'm doing is good and what I'm doing is right, and Mm -hmm. I should keep it. So second year I was living off campus with a group of friends and I just was continuing to get super into nutrition and this pursuit for getting healthy sort of became my whole entire identity but throughout this I became more and more restrictive and at the same time I remember feeling absolutely on top of the world I was single I was loving life and I felt so confident but I was digging myself into a hole and my healthy lifestyle could definitely be more labeled as orthorexia. Yeah. I was um, using my fitness pal. I was learning about if it fits your macros. I thought that was the best thing in the whole entire world. I was following all these fitness influencers on Instagram. And slowly the numbers became a bigger part of my life until they were essentially my whole life. Everything was dictated by does it fit into my macros? Did I hit my weight today? Did I exercise for X number of minutes? Everything was just numbers. And so by the time that I met Adrian, when I was in third year of university, I was very deep in my habits, so much so that I was in complete denial that I even had a problem. Yeah. It happens with a lot of people with eating disorders. It's this idea that you can stop at any point in time. It's fine. This is not a problem. I'm, you know, just doing what I have to do in order to be happy and to be healthy. And so I finished up that first degree. And of course I decided to go into nutrition because I was like, well, what better career path to go into than something I'm so passionate yeah. about, even totally obsessed. It was not passion. It was obsession, but I was really happy about that choice. And, you know, so I went into it and pretty much everything that I learned throughout my nutrition degree really just solidified everything I learned from diet culture. It was heavily weight biased, um, heavily focused on weight loss and calories and um, this perfect idea of nutrition. And it, again, was just fuel to the fire. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, my relationships with my friends and family were suffering. I was constantly distracted because I was always thinking about my body. I was always drained of energy because I just spent so much time dedicated to 
this healthy lifestyle that I created for myself. And I, at the same time, really felt disconnected from myself. I felt like I was out of control with food, although on the outside, I was this perfect picture of health. I was somebody that was so disciplined, you know, I was so driven, I was so healthy. I, behind the scenes, was completely out of control. Mm -hmm. I was binging, I was purging, I was constantly beating myself up. I felt like a failure all the time. Nothing I ever did was good enough. And it, it was a total mess. I felt like a fraud. And so when Adrian and I had that faded couch conversation in the fall of 2016 after that breakup, which was sort of my rock bottom of dieting, eating disorder life, mm -hmm. it felt like a fog was lifted. And it felt like I was finally able to see my behaviors for what they were. They were all a result of my intense preoccupation with my body. And through that, I realized that my priorities were totally in the wrong place and weren't aligned with what I really cared about in my life. So telling Adrian about what I was struggling with helped me almost take a step back from those habits and see them for what they were, which was incredibly destructive. And after telling him about all of that and opening up and letting somebody else in on my world that I had kept so closed off for so long, my symptoms started easing up. I stopped being so critical of myself. I stopped beating myself up for my body so much. I started allowing myself to actually eat foods. I stopped counting my calories on my fitness pal. I just deleted the app. I got rid of my scale. I sort of went all in with just saying, screw it. Like, this is not the life that I want to live. I've lived this for so long and I've hit rock bottom. There's nowhere else to go from here. And I need to do something differently or my life is going to continue to crumble. And that relationship that meant the world for me and it still means the world to me yeah almost completely sacrificed because of my pursuit of thinness because my life was just so wrapped up in my body and so from there I started doing all the research I could in psychology I don't even know how I stumbled onto this idea of food psychology but I I think at the time, looking back, I was like, huh, I wonder, you know, the reason behind why that all of this happened, the reason why people eat, and I became really interested in that area of nutrition. And around the same time, I discovered Christy Harrison's podcast. It's called Food Psych. I don't know if you've ever listened to I that I haven't one. listened to that one, but I'll add it to my list of, of people to, to uh, check out. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it talked all about learning how to listen to your body and relying on internal wisdom rather than mm -hmm. external views for when, what, how much to eat. Yeah. And through that, I found the intuitive eating book, which helped me sort of get rid of the diet mentality for good. And I mean, those two pieces, the food psych podcast and the intuitive eating book, um, that just opened up the floodgates entirely for learning more about health at every size, about fat phobia and weight stigma and I mean, it's one of those things that once you know all of this information, because all of this is out in space, it's not like something somebody just came up with all of these ideas. And yeah. Like, let's just put this fluffy stuff into the world. All of this is evidence-based. And so it was absolutely wild to me that throughout my entire nutrition degree, we hadn't learned about any of it. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. And so once I knew all this information... 
I mean, I could never go back to thinking that intentional weight loss is the way to a healthy lifestyle for anybody because it's not. It sets you up for a system that ultimately leads you to failure and blaming yourself for it and making body image issues worse. And it's just, I mean, it's wild to think that so many people are sucked into that and that the diet industry is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry. Yeah. Um, and it's perpetuated every single day. But once you know that there's a different world, there's a different way of approaching health, a different way of approaching body image healing, um, nutrition, all of that good stuff. Yeah, you can't go back. And so it was about a year and a half later, almost two years later, that I decided that I wanted to start my own business. Um, I had been working at a boot camp for the last three and a half years, and so I quit that job. I decided to dedicate my energy into starting my own business, becoming an intuitive eating counselor, and I did my master's in nutrition, and since then I've become a registered dietitian. I've gone full-time with my business, and honestly, food freedom represents living my life for me, not for anybody else, and so, you know, by making my life fuller, not smaller, spending my time how I want to, it means absolutely everything to me. It's given me my world back, and I want to help other people experience that same change that I did. And although this away the path that I thought that I would end up on, <laughs> yeah. I started becoming an RD. And like when I first went to school for nutrition, I thought that I would, you know, be helping people be their best selves through weight loss for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I, even though I ended up on this path, I could not be happier that this is where I am now. I mean, no, it's good because I mean, I personally like knowing why people do what they do. Um, in my eyes, if you don't enjoy what you're putting out into the world, you're not going to be putting out your best, no matter what field you're in. You have to enjoy the time that you're spending doing it to get the most out of it and to be producing, whether it's content or you're working for a larger company that you believe in their values or whatever it is that you're doing with most of your time. If you don't care about it, there's no point. And so I like I like hearing stories about people that do what they do for a reason. Um, and there's a personal meaning behind it. I know for me starting just like having a podcast like this to talk to other people that have gone through similar experiences to mine or have passions about health and wellness that align with mine it's just it's not only a great way to educate myself but giving others the the same opportunity to get to where I am I think is really um special and so long answer was appreciated thank you for for going into as much detail as you went into um because I know for me the reason why I thought it was going to be really exciting to have you on today was because in my health journey, one of the major issues that I struggled with um, were gastrointestinal. I had like a bacteria overgrowth that caused major weight loss. Like I was at 120 naturally. I've always been like the skinnier build, just like athletic kind of tomboy-esque. It was just like the way I am. And so it never, like, body image was never an issue for me growing up. 
Um, but when I did get sick, I lost 20 pounds in probably three months. And so when your body is, as you know, when your body changes that dramatically, that quickly, still in my head, I had an image of myself. I had the body confidence that I had before, but what I saw was very different and how I felt was very different. And so for about six months, there was this internal struggle of knowing that this is the body I have now, but it's only because I'm sick, but it's also not going away. And there's nothing that I can do about it right now. And it took about six months of like either medications or a lot of dietary changes, what not weight related, but health related to try and rebalance my gut. Um, but I had like bloating issues. And so that changes the external look of your body. And so when I kind of went through that process and got to the other side where my body started to look the way it did before, totally regardless of like how I wanted it to look, um, you start to realize like it really doesn't matter whether I look the same as I did before. Now it's the fact that I have a body that I can then go like take outside and use as a human body because I'm healthy enough to do that. And that was one of the reasons why I started the podcast. I'm like, there is so much more um, appreciation to be had for what our bodies do for us rather than just what they look like doing it. Um, And so I just wanted to talk to you about like what advice you give people when they're in the midst of that journey or at the beginning of that journey. Um, Because I know for myself through that, I mean, you know, what you see and what you feel is very different. Um, and so I know a lot of people are going through the same thing right now. So you have the knowledge. Yeah. So when it comes to healing your body image, a lot of people tend to think that they need to lose weight in order to do that. And of course, you had a very specific situation where... Yeah you had a health concern going on and body image issues that popped up. Yeah. Really lovely. As a result of that. It was a really um, great little addition. Yeah. <laughs> um, but typically, and this is of course not for everybody, but yeah. people feel like they need to lose weight in order to feel about better about themselves in order to be confident in order to be happy in their skin, whatever it is. Weight loss is widely promoted in the media by diet culture as the, fix for it but even though weight loss and changing your body might in the short term make you feel better about yourself in the long term 95% of diets fail and dieting is one of the biggest predictors of long term weight gain and so if you leadingly feel better in your body after having lost weight what does that look like six months down the line? What does that look like when you're down the line? Will you gain the weight back? Will you gain more weight back? What's your body image going to be at that point in time? Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be worse because you have now, on top of the body image issues that you already had, tacked on this fear, or not this fear necessarily, but just this idea that you are a failure, that it was your fault, that you weren't able to stick to the diet, that you gained the weight back, that you gained more weight back. And that shame that comes with all of that just takes even more of a out of your self-confidence and your self-worth 
And so the answer to your body image issues is never intentional weight loss. And it really goes to show if we think about this idea of when you look back at, you know, your body five years ago and you think, oh, I wish I looked like that then, even though at that point in time you thought that you were quote unquote fat, you thought that you looked terrible. Who's to say that five years from now, you also won't look back on your body right now in this moment and say, oh, I, I wish that I looked like the way that I did then. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's this bigger idea that your body image is not about how your body looks. It's about how you feel about your body and how you feel about yourself as a whole. And if weight loss, if diets haven't worked for you in the past, they're not going to start now and layering on more shame more guilt is not going to be an effective motivator to make diets work it's not your fault that diets haven't worked they force you to go against what your body wants force you to ignore your internal cues your internal wisdom that your body innately has and it goes against also these ingrained biological mechanisms that have been to us through evolution that they're not going anywhere <laughs> no so healing your body image my big advice you probably that you need to start focusing more on how you feel about yourself rather than how you look and on any given day what do you actually feel like what do you want from weight loss in the first place and actually that's a really good place to start is what did you even want from losing weight in the first place? Did you want to be loved, accepted, seen, healthy and energized? Um, But ask yourself that question to figure out what you really want and do you actually to change your body in order to do that and to feel that way? If you feel like you do, are you surrounding yourself with a lot of diet culture? Are you surrounding yourself with the wrong people who are also really in that mentality and who are feeding into that toxicity in yeah. your life. And so how to go back to this idea of how you want to feel and what you really wanted from weight loss and start to add parts into your life now that help you feel that way without hyper-focusing on your weight and ultimately making your body image worse. Yeah. I was actually recently talking to my parents about this um, idea I've created, I'm going to get a patent for it. It's called social media distancing that I was like scrolling from through my feed the other day and I'm seeing people and I personally, um, as being a person with health issues and being more high risk for COVID, precautions are something that I take really seriously. Like wear a mask, stay inside. Like it's not too hard. Um, But when I see people from my high school, like, out in groups, on a boat, pretending like nothing's happening, that's when I'm like, okay, seeing this kind of stuff and, like, processing it and being like, okay, these are people I've known my whole life, yet they're making decisions that I definitely don't agree with, that's hard to see. And so then I'm like, maybe I just take a step back. Doesn't mean I don't stay friends with them long term but maybe I don't need to see their feed right now um and I I think what you're saying is very similar to that in what you see every day reinforces the way you think um I know I learned that even on 
like the health side, having a chronic issue, if you address symptoms when they happen all the time, you're reinforcing those neuroconnections from like pain to act, acting on the pain and you start to feel the pain more rather than if you feel the pain and you continue on with that action, if you can, slowly you start, you don't start feeling it as much because it doesn't affect your day to day. Um, and so if I, if you can like reinforce more positive thinking with what you're interacting with, rather than reinforcing the negative connections because you're interacting with negative media, um, I think that's probably like the biggest step that you can, the easiest step you can take is just like fill your world with positivity. You might start thinking better. For sure. And that's something that I always, always, always recommend new clients do when we first start working together is detox your social media. Yeah. Unfollow anybody who makes you feel like you need to change your body, you need to change the way you're eating, that makes you feel comparison come up. Just unfollow anybody who doesn't support the way that you want to feel. Yeah. Anybody who makes you feel crappy about yourself, get rid of them. If it's a friend, and I know a lot of women that I work with, they often have friends who are like beach body coaches or are selling some sort of weight loss product. You know, you don't necessarily have to unfriend them, but you can also mute their posts. Yes. <laughs> you either on Instagram, you can mute their posts and their story on Facebook. You can snooze them for 30 days. Just clear your space of influences that are distracting you in your journey and making you feel bad about yourself and see how much better you feel because honestly even that can make such a big difference yeah and I know one thing that I wanted to bring up because it really struck me when I was um you know doing my due due diligence as an interviewer um when I was going through your feed I saw something you had posted about how the journey through to food freedom isn't linear and how you can make progress and then backtrack a bit and then make more progress back to where you started. Um, and addressing those changes can be really hard and feeling like you're not making progress can be really hard. Um, and I was wondering if there are simple things that whether it's mindfulness or gratitude or, um, like daily practices that can help ground you in knowing that you're making progress even when you're having a rough day um, that people can kind of take into their their regular practices in life um, hopefully making them one step closer to um, food freedom so if you have any advice on that I think that's a really big subject and we can talk about that for hours but we'll try and keep it we'll try and keep it as concise as possible for that one yeah before I get into my tip I I do want to note that your food freedom journey is not linear like you said it's a roller coaster yeah it has ups and downs and dips and loop-de-loops and it's a wild ride sometimes. yeah but it's important with that to also look at the situation and what's happening objectively. Every dip, every low is a learning experience. It's a lesson and it's never a failure. Absolutely never. When you're dieting, it can really influence um, the way that you think about setbacks and it can make you feel like 
it's a failure, it's your fault, because that's the way the diets are set up, but food freedom is completely different from that. There are no failures, there are only learning experiences. And when we look at them from this lens of shame and this is my fault, all of that fun stuff, that negativity spiral, it's nearly impossible to take a step back from it and actually learn from what's going on. But when you forgive yourself and for whatever it was that happened, the flip up, a binge, whatever it was, when you forgive yourself for it, you can take a step back at it and say, okay, what was actually going on in that situation? Why did that happen? Why did it maybe not go the way that I wanted it to go? And how could I maybe learn from this and better prepare myself so that next time, hopefully I do a little bit better. Yeah. And with that, there's also this idea that every win or high is an opportunity for reflection and recognition. Because when you're in those low places, it can feel like you have not made any progress. It can feel like you are right back at square one are exactly where you started and you're going to be there forever but that's why it's so important to really reflect on those wins to recognize yourself for them and to be proud of yourself for them because there's no tangible way necessary of marking progress as there is with dieting with dieting it's like you can go by the weight you can go by the measurements there's these really concrete examples of quote unquote progress But when it comes to food freedom, progress is that you honored your hunger when you needed a snack in the afternoon or you were able to eat a fear food that was previously a binge food without binging and you were able to just enjoy it. Or you take a rest day instead of forcing yourself to exercise or you were able to um, move your body in a way that felt good or whatever else. I could give so many different examples. Those are harder to quantify than the dieting journey. So what I always recommend for my clients is every day, look back on your day and recognize yourself for three things that went well. It doesn't even necessarily need to be big things. It can literally be got out of bed on time. Yeah. It can be related to either food, body image, or just your own abilities as a human in general, but recognize yourself for those small wins because when you're in those lows, you'll at least have something to pull from to look back on and say, okay, this is just something that's happening right now. This does not mean that this is going to continue for the foreseeable future. I have made progress and I am going to get back to this point of feeling good. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest things in like building the habit of being positive and grateful every day for the progress is that it takes so long to actually build an automatic habit. Um, I think it's like something around two months of constantly doing something for it to start to become normal. And that feels like a long time when it's something that's hard for you to do. Um, And so again, it's like, it's that first step that I could see being the hardest um, because it's like the epitome of it's like probably correct me if I'm wrong the hardest hump to overcome is from when you hit that low where you're like I need to make a change for myself and then completely turning it on its head and being positive about it the next day and keeping that up 
so that you slowly start to change your mentality and your perspective and the way that you interact with the world and food and yourself or whatever it is that you're trying to change. Um, and so I think that's really helpful, even though like you're doing it every day, it's something that's small to do every day. So you don't have to take on all of these new habit changes. It's like, just take five minutes to think like that's a manageable ask. And that probably initiates more change than you would expect it to. For sure. Yeah, and you don't even necessarily need to write it down if that feels like too much of a burden for you. Literally, when you're laying in bed, just ask yourself, what went well today? Yeah. And reflect on that. Use that, you know, five minutes. It would probably even take less than that. Yeah. Like, um, depending on how hard it is. Yeah. I think what went well, but... Um, Allowing yourself to think about that and reflect on it helps to propel you forward and get through those hard times that will inevitably come up. But just because you're going through a rough patch doesn't mean that it's going to be that way forever. And I always tell my that the super hard times, the ones that feel like you're never going to move forward, you're just stuck, everything is hopeless, those are almost always, nine out of ten times, signs of breakthroughs. It's the sign that there's something that is so incredibly hard that you're going through right now that is teaching you a really important lesson that you need to learn. And once you are able to learn that lesson, you're going to feel a thousand times better after, and you're going to be able to move forward in a way that you weren't able to before. Wow. I never thought about it that way, but now that I like go back and think about like the hardest parts of my health journey, it was like, those were the turning points where big changes happened. Um, And my dad always tells me, and of course, when you're young, you're like, dad, that means nothing. But now I'm like, okay, he was probably right. He was saying, he always says how like the harder a a decision is to make, most likely the smaller the consequence because they're two really good options. And I always thought that was really interesting. I never thought about it that way, but it's like, you're probably right. If I'm struggling so hard to pick one, both are probably great. Um, and it's a little off topic, but it just reminded me of, of that same, like when you're in a really, um, whether it's a rut or you're in a space where you're having to make a big decision or feeling emotions really strongly, it's probably a sign that something good will come out of it. Um, and not necessarily demonizing that kind of emotion because it's most likely signs of positive change. Um, so I think that's something important to highlight and remember and not be afraid of for sure. Definitely. Two sides of the same coin. Exactly. Um, I don't know if there was anything else that we didn't touch on yet that you wanted to talk a little bit about, but we definitely got to like the, the big points, like all of my really exciting questions that I was excited to talk about. I feel like we got to, so, um, I don't know. The floor is yours. If there's anything else that you feel as though is important to be said. Um, yeah, I think my leaving point would be that in your body image healing journey, it's important to know that you don't have to love your body. You really don't. And that's, typically not 
what I promote. That's not even what I talk about with my clients because body love is, or body positivity is too far for most people. And so what I like to sort of switch the dialogue to instead of talking about body positivity is talking about three pieces, body respect, body neutrality, and body acceptance. And so diving just really quickly yeah. a little bit deep into those, um, body respect is this idea of asking yourself, how would I treat my body differently if I were smaller or if I had the ideal body or if I actually looked the way that I want to look? How would I treat myself differently? Would I go shopping more? Would I buy more cute outfits? Would I be nicer to myself? Would I put myself out there more? Would I go on more dates or be more spontaneous? Say yes more, whatever it is. Because if there is any disparity between how you're treating yourself now versus how you would treat yourself when you look differently, that goes to show that you are disrespecting your current body. You're not showing it the respect that it needs or deserves. And so my biggest advice for that, for body respect, would be to start treating your body the way that you would now if you look the way that you want it to look. Give your body the same honor and respect right now. And even that can make such a big difference in how you feel in your skin. The second part is body neutrality. And it's this idea that body image and the way that you feel about your body is a spectrum. On one end, you have hate. On one end, you have love. And right in the middle, you have neutrality. And that brings up the really good point that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be black or white. There is a middle ground. And sometimes all you have to do is reaching for that middle ground and just working for that neutrality on days where you feel super negative about yourself helps to eventually get to that place of love. But even when you do feel like you love your body, it, again, is a spectrum, and that's not necessarily going to be the same every single day. It's going to fluctuate, but working toward that place of neutrality can help dig you out of that hole when you feel like you're having a really bad body image day. Yeah. The third piece is body acceptance. And so instead of learning to love your body, learn to accept it. Forget about the future, what your body is going to look like one month, one year, five years down the line. All you need to worry about is accepting yourself right now in this moment, your body as it is in front of you or <laughs> you in your body right now. Yeah. Your body does so much for you on any given day, regardless of if you have a health concern or not, your body is doing the absolute best that it can to keep you alive, to help you thrive and function to the best of its abilities. And so sometimes you don't need to love your body. You just need to accept that this is my body right now and it's doing a lot for me. I don't need to love my arm. I just, I have arms. Yeah. <laughs> are that now. Um, but instead of body love or body positivity, those are the three factors that I really like to focus on with my clients um, because yeah the love and positivity can be a little bit too far off sometimes yeah and I think that to everybody is striving for a different level of change some people might already be halfway there and might be closer to the 
possibility of loving their bodies and some people getting to neutrality is just as exciting yeah and that's just as much of a relief and ability to go out and live a more positive and free life um and like we know that everybody's different everyone's body's different but also like everybody's goals are different yeah um and some people are completely satisfied with just being indifferent about how they look and some people are like you know what i really really need to feel that undying confidence in my body and there's an opportunity for that but some people don't necessarily feel that same like necessity and so i think it's awesome that you appreciate all points on that spectrum because not everybody has the same set of goals and accounting for all of that um leaves a lot of space for individuality in the journey um and i think that's really important so that's really special i think that's that needs to be talked about more for sure um I agree. <laughs> where where can everybody um, find you after after listening? Where's all of your content? All of my content is currently housed on my Instagram page at the Food Freedom Life. I don't have a website or anything right now, but that's something I'm working to in the future. But right now, you can find me through my Instagram page. Um, I have. I actually just finished the launch of my Body Image Reset course, um, which is a course that ultimately teaches you a step-by-step process to start healing your relationship with your body. The cart is currently closed for that, but if you DM me and mention that you found me through the podcast, I would be happy to offer the course to you. It's $97. Um, so that's where you can awesome. work like too. And I also have one-on-one coaching um, with either weekly, bi-weekly, or all our three, sec- three session packet that we could work together as well and I'm just a DM away if awesome. like. yeah and of, of course you guys can visit the um, underscore wealth of health Instagram page and you can find a post based on this podcast episode and a link to her page if that's easier and you don't want to search it um, but again thank you so much Brittany for coming on today I really appreciate it this conversation I think not only needs to be had more with individuals, but with individuals that are going to then take that and spread it with other people. And so I'm really excited that that was something that I was able to do today with you. And I look forward to continuing to watch you positively affect other people. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast and I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation. It was a good one. Yeah, me too. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Um, There should be another podcast coming up in the next week or so, so keep an eye out for that. Go follow the Instagram, and I will talk to you soon.